Finding a place of stillness can help you reconnect to yourself. What was your life today? It's perfectly normal, though, in this stillness to feel almost too still, static even, so you feel like you need to move far, fast, now, tonight. How about the long-distance overnight train? Yes. Here is somewhere you can be perfectly still and travel far and fast at the same time. Step on board. This train carries everyone and anyone. Take a window seat. Where are you going? Destination unknown. Enjoy that. Look around you. See the people. Maybe they're getting a little work done. Yes, the train ride is often synonymous with a mobile office. You even notice that the person beside you is working on a PowerPoint presentation. Hmm, you didn't know people still did that. Interesting. He breathes. He stares in the distance. Ah, he has an idea. The cherished creative fruit he scribbles in a small notebook labeled ideas. Naturally, you're curious. You take a peek. What are his ideas tonight? Ah, he's just making notes for his PowerPoint presentation. On a lingering peek, you can't help but notice that his handwritten notes have significantly less information than his PowerPoint slides on his computer screen, meaning, of course, that he is going to subject his colleagues to a presentation whereby he is just reading his slides the whole time. But this person is free, free from caring about their own image, nor is he burdened by pride or standards, and he will never have to deal with that stress-inducing thought of getting a promotion. Good for him. Ah, look at this now. He's jumping back to his first slide and you notice that each slide has a different transition wipe, a slow dissolve on one, a checkerboard flip on another. His presentation is going to be a disaster. Take a moment to enjoy that this is not your presentation. It's too long. Clip art on almost every slide. One slide has a link to a video. The full URL, three lines long. Not only is it an eyesore, this guy is depending on a reliable internet connection to play a video during a presentation. Breathe. And again. Can you make your way to the other end of your pity, your disgust? You look out the window. Ah, there it is. A town at night. The train slows, quite slow, serenity over speed now. You wonder to yourself, who am I here? Studies show that character traits do vary with geography. Are your friends here open and emotional, friendly, busy, calm, focused? Does your home reflect who you are? or who you will become. What if it can't be both? All of this just outside of your window. The train stops. Is it because your new life starts here, now? It could be, but no, it's not. It's because the train is sharing the rails and needs to wait indefinitely, or maybe it's signal failure. You can't keep up with the excuses that comes out over this PA system, but you're here now. Everyone now unified in one thing, waiting for a signal. 
Or was it an emergency on board that who knows? Anyway, you wait. Your fellow passengers wait. Some still working. Like the fella beside you, Jim. You see his name on the title slide he's creating for his presentation. Jim. Fine. The title of his PowerPoint, Reviewing the Quarter. Okay, which quarter, you wonder? You don't consider yourself a business professional, but you could certainly specify this quarter, next, last, anything to throw the audience a bone. No capital letters on his titles, either. No bolds. He leans into his screen now, focusing, and is clearly trying to make an impression. You think to yourself, oh, he's making an impression, all right. That's funny. Nicely done. It's truly unfortunate that someone wasn't able to hear that one. Unless you were in the boardroom he was presenting in, you could have shared it with someone there. Let's go there. Close your eyes. Be one with this executive boardroom. The smell of drip coffee and hot toner. Steve's aftershave from the other end of the table. You lean to the person beside you. Let's call them Ashley. Or Dwayne. Ashley has an indifference that suggests power, but sometimes doesn't make a strong impression. Dwayne is bright, but he's always eating something, giving the impression he's always on break. Let's say Ashley then turns to you, no idea that she's about to set you up. Deep judgment in her voice, and she says, Jim, she says, man, he's really trying to make an impression. Oh, you reply, he already is. You both giggle. You are making it here, in this boardroom. Feel the office chair under you. Feel the oak boardroom table in front of you. Or mahogany. Or maybe just laminate. You're not sure. You're not a carpenter. People like you here in corporate. They want to have lunch with you. Everyone seems to need to be in the kitchen with you. When you're making tea, they don't want coffee. They want tea as well. Funny that. Jim wants to be you. Good luck, Jim. You have to figure out being Jim first. That's good, too. Let's bring Ashley back. She's in the kitchen now. She says, I think Jim wants to be you. Top of sales. Or development. Or copywriting. Or whatever Jim does. To be honest, you've looked at half his PowerPoint now and you still don't know what he does. He's so screwed. But here with Ashley now, she says, I think Jim wants to be you. And you say he has to figure out being Jim first. Nice. You even made the people in the hall laugh. They were just walking by, a belly laugh at your office punchline without context. That's talent. You're very good. But what is Jim's story? If only you could tell. If he could tell it, who would he even tell it to? Or would it just be out there for the world to hear? Like an audiobook, downloaded during a trial from Audible. Audible does support people and podcasts, like this one, but not this one. No, Audible, like every one of Jim's mentors, is not at all involved in our corporate growth. But with over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, Audible has a ton of audiobooks no matter what genre Jim loves to read. Jim's story would be a tragedy. Or a comedy, Eye of the Beholder, I guess. 
On the train, Jim has gotten up to use the washroom. He's on the aisle, so no fuss, but he asks if you'll watch his stuff for him. You say, yes, of course. Oh, I'll watch it, all right, you think to yourself. That's funny, because you've been watching his screen pretty consistently now. We won't go back to Ashley or Dwayne with that one, though. No one respects a clown, a stand-up comedian in the office, the one who can't return your stapler without three jokes before they leave. No, don't want to be that guy. Let's call that guy Vic. Such promise in corporate when he was a victor. But lack of confidence has made him a Vic, and has likely also made him permanently junior. You're very observant about people, you think. What if I really worked here? And these were my colleagues. We shared long nights together and victories whenever we made a sale, or a purchase, or a deal, or whatever it is you all do here. The CEO, Charles, passes your desk one day. How about coffee? Ooh, this is good. You say yes, and during the coffee he says you should move to the executive floor. Very nice, but he also lets it slip that he's been embezzling funds for years. He tried to launder the bills in an independent bookshop venture, but the shop is failing. What does he know about rare books, you ask? He says he has an authentic original Hemingway. Surely, he can't mean Hemingway's In Our Time, published by Three Mountains Press in 1924 with only 300 copies printed and 170 released. In 2004, a copy of this sold for just about $321,600 at auction. Not enough to clean the bills, but a start. No, he says, but he has an old copy of The Old Man and the sea. Old doesn't mean rare, Charles, you say. He looks around, cautiously. He leans in. He takes out a briefcase. He opens it. There it is. An old paperback print from the 90s of The Old Man and the Sea, valued at roughly $14. It's over, Charles. No, says Charles. He's gonna frame his VP of development, Henry. But Henry has a family, you say. A newborn on the way. Charles says he has a newborn too. A newborn interest in backpacking. Wordplay. He's good. He tells you if you keep your mouth shut, he's got 15% in it for you. A joke, you say. 25%. This is major white-collar stuff he's talking about. 20, he counters. Fine, you say, but the coffee is on him. Good negotiating. You're in your element here. You mean and you are. Big business. Jim is coming back now, on the train. Hard to miss because he's somehow unable to keep his balance walking in the aisle when the train isn't even moving. Man, this guy is something. What if he starts nipping at your heels when you're VP of development because Henry is indicted and given 40 years for fraud? Jim could ruin it all. You have a coffee in your hand now. Cold, but it has to do. Pour it now. On this train, right in his laptop. He's coming, yes, all over his keyboard. You do it. Then you shake the laptop to get it all in and around the keys there. The sparks fly. The screen pops and cracks. He returns. I'm so sorry, you say. It was an accident. It's okay, he says. His work is on the cloud. But... He will have to pay for the laptop. He rubs his temples furiously. The computer pops one more time. A bit of smoke now, you think. That was the most exciting thing that could have happened to his presentation. 
That's a good one. Will you share that with Ashley in the office? Or will you share this podcast with a friend? That's better. Good decision making. In your mind, you can always grab a window seat and take a visit to a small town, just passing through. As you're passing through this podcast, be sure to follow or subscribe. You don't want this particular train to leave the station without you. Step on board every week. And by all means, bring your baggage. Bring your nighttime feelings.